Hey everyone, welcome to the Waterlad Podcast. I'm James Marshall, and I know I said that Mike Coman was the most requested guest, but I lied. It is today's guest. This man has played the most caps for the Hurricanes, and he's only 28 years old. He's scored 57 Super Rugby tries, 64 All Black caps, and he's doing all sorts of good things off the field. It is, of course, the one and only TJ Perinata. Thanks for coming on, Tej. Kia ora, brother. Thanks for having me, bro. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be. I've seen a, a bit of your podcast so far, and it's, uh, it's good, bro. It's uh, exciting. Good stuff. <laughs> and so most people would think I did my research for those stats, but anyone who knows you knows that will probably know those stats as well. What's your favourite stat? My favourite stat? Um most Hurricanes game would be um, pretty cool. That's pretty cool for me, bro. Like, I grew up loving the club and uh, always wanted to be a Hurricane. So to have um, the most um, games for them is, is something I'm proud of. How many is it, do you know? I think it's 137. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a few. It's and a few. 28. Do you reckon you'll get to 200? Um, I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, don't know what the what the future holds, but um, playing 200 games for the club would be, would be cool, bro. Nice. And... So your name is actually, is, am I right in saying Thomas Jr.? Thomas Jr., <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's perfect, actually. Most people hold the H, bro, but it's prominent in my name. Do you remember? I, I do remember. remember. What must have been an end-of-season do when... I think it was after we won it in 16. Oh, and Who you were just dry, You were saying your name was pronounced <laughs> Thomas for, like... Would have been about two hours. Yeah. I was like, it's not Thomas, it's Thomas. You're like, nah, Thomas is T-O-M-A-S. I do remember that. Like, how, uh, how do you say thumb? Yeah. Or like, oh, thumb. <laughs> I think we might have rung um, Snakey that night too. Yeah. And I was like, nah, it's not Thomas the Tank Engine. It's, it's bloody Thomas. Anyway, you got me pretty rattled that day. But, um, so take us back to the start for you. What was it like growing up? Um, yeah, it was awesome. I grew up in, in Porirua. Yeah. Um, two sisters, mum and dad at home. Um, went to Titehi Bay Kota Street School. Yeah. Um, Titehi Bay Intermediate, Mana College. So I spent all of my time, um, out in Porirua, um, when I was growing up. Um, and, and I loved it, bro. I loved, um, the setup of, I guess, my friends, uh, my friends dynamic. Um, yeah. There's about six or seven of us who grew up and we're really close as kids. And most of us, in that group didn't have brothers our same age um so we got that vibe from each other oh, that's um, cool. yeah which was really cool i spent a lot of time um at my grandparents house growing up with my cousin byron um who's who's my best mate um and like well, he's moved out now but he's lived like we lived together for a long time um we started a business together mm. as well so a lot of stuff we've done um we've done together um my wife's from she's from Porirua too and we currently live out in Porirua, so I loved I loved my bringing up in Portugal. Coming to Wellington, bro, when I was a kid was like a big deal. Yeah, I'm, like we I was never allowed to jump on the train and come to town by myself. But if we came to um, town at all for anything, to go see I don't know if Dad was working out here or something, yeah. it was it was a big thing. <laughs> and um, I, I loved like being um, I guess so wrapped up in what was happening in Portugal that like, other things didn't didn't matter so much. Yeah, it's cool. And my image of you as a kid was probably like born with six packs, <laughs> fully ripped, um, training, passing out the back at the age of two. What was what was the reality? Was, am I am uh, I on you, the money? No, you're not, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely not. I was um I was the I guess the chubbier kid um, at school, yeah, or the chubbier kid of my friends group as well. Yeah. Um me and Teddy actually, Terence, uh, he's playing in uh, London oh, Irish, right. you, yeah, yeah, the yeah. club you play for. 
He's going good too. He eh? is. He goes real good, bro. Um, I would love to see him in New Zealand rugby and get an opportunity here, um, but just things haven't fallen that way um, yeah. at the minute. Um, but hopefully in the in the future. Um, but it w- bro, it was me and him, and I'll never forget. We played softball together growing up too, and I hadn't seen him for a few months. And he came out to Porirua for a session. He was like, bro, I've got abs now. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> like we used to giggle about like being like a little bit chubbier. Were they abs? Or? They were abs, bro. That like hurt me, bro. <laughs> it's like, bro, we're supposed to be going through this together, bro. <laughs> and bro, I'll never forget that, eh? Um, but yeah, no, I was um, overweight growing up. I was always like kind of fit. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't fast or anything like that. Um, and But yeah, I... I trained hard. I, my old man um, always said um, the hardest trainers make the best players, and because I wasn't the most skillful dude, or uh, and I was overweight, and yeah. I wasn't the fastest dude, I was like, man, I can just beat people training. Yeah. So what age was that that you realised that? Um, I would have been sort of twelve or thirteen when um, I, I remember I got upset about being uh, a little bit overweight um, when I was younger. Yeah, and my old man just said that, like, bro, if, whatever you want, if you work hard for it, like you'll give yourself the best opportunity to get it. It's not going to um, be the defining moment whether you get it or not because yeah. you still might work really hard and you might not achieve what you want to achieve, but you give yourself the best opportunity by doing it. And I was like, man, like, okay, like I, I want to be good at rugby. I want to play rugby for a living um, and I want to be in shape. Um, so I went pretty hard on all those things. Good advice, eh? Mm. So were you good at rugby from a young age? Um, yeah, I, was, I wasn't terrible. Like I... I was always good um, at the game itself. Like, I didn't have the skills always to, um, um, I guess, execute the things that I saw on the field, but yeah. I knew what was happening in the game. I knew, like, tactics in rugby from a yeah. from a pretty young age, and I was um, I was pretty competitive as a kid too. So, like, I would I would see the game differently from other kids. That, and so when I try to, like, talk to kids about footy and, and like, actually talking rugby... Yeah. Um, because a lot of my conversations with my dad and my grandfather <laughs> were watching rugby and trying to figure out like how to best play the game itself, not I don't know running around people, running through people, stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was tactics on the game, um, and I couldn't have that conversation with many um, kids. So yeah. I probably was ahead of them in that side of it, but behind them in terms of um, athletic ability. So when was the biggest shift? Because you made your ICM Cup debut at what seventeen or? Yeah, 17. That's, um, that's mad. So you must have had a pretty quick growth yeah. if you went from, what, 13 to being still pretty average to... I had a bit of a growth spurt um, yeah. at sort of 14, 15. Um, and then, like, I really... Davey Wildash, actually, but oh, he yeah. was the academy trainer. And, um, like, he was there when my, my first skin fight, I think, with him was, like, 140-something. 140? Yeah, I think it was, like, 142 or something like wow. that. Wow. Straight up. And I was, what... 12 or 13 so and the I can't remember his name now but he was the coach of the um, Wellington under 13 team he came up to me bro, and he was like oh do you want to be a hooker that's <laughs> <laughs> gutted like because I um, I wanted to play footy and I wanted to play nine <laughs> but I just hadn't got the, the food side of it right yet you know um, and Dash um, he had a, a yarn with me and he was like bro like I'll help you get to um, where you want to get to if you just listen to me and you tell me what you want to do. Yeah. And he spent a lot of time. He used to come out to Body Royal, bro, and train at it was called Body Works then. Um, train in the mornings, like five thirty in the morning, would go down there, yeah. um, train, and then the academy, the Body Royal boys would come in as well after that, and then we'd train there. And 
you know that 30 second on 30 second off yeah um, the Tabata sort of yeah he was here having me doing that from like 14 years old oh, right? wow. like I had to come in and get that done before anyone else would come in and then would start uh, oh, transition sure. so he spent heaps of time into that yeah uh, and then I started finding like the stronger I was getting and the fitter I was getting the easier things were happening on the field yeah. as well like I was seeing so I was still seeing the game probably ahead of other players that I was playing with but now I had the like capacity to execute myself on some of those things. So I was playing a lot of 12, 10. Um, played a little bit of fullback in league as well. Yeah. Um, but I was being able to execute on those things because I was training hard and getting the results out on the field. And I, I really enjoyed, um, I guess, the feeling of that reward by doing it. So that like fed my motivation to train harder mm-hmm. even more. So it was probably that 14 to 16 sort of age where... Um, things started Huge clicking. development. Mm. So what 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 do you put down your weight to? What do you put it down to the diet or? Yeah, definitely diet, bro. Definitely. Yeah. Like we after school um, at Kura Street, uh, we used to. My cousin lived up the roads and I lived down the road. Like yeah. he was probably two minutes up the road. I was five minutes down the road. But we used to walk past his house, drop him off. There's a fish and chip shop <laughs> over here, and we used to collect money that day. And we only have to give the guy like 50 cents, bro, and he would give us like a pack of food <laughs> every single day. Oh, I remember going there, bro. So walking home, getting fish and chips, and walking home, and then having dinner, or having something like a snack at home. and then So it just became a habit. Yeah. Like to, and it was my normal. So I was still like training, or not training at the age, but I was playing sport. I was very active as a kid, but I was, my choices on diet weren't like massively yeah. good. <laughs> Fish and chips every, every day, day. <laughs> and bro, I blame the guy. He, I don't know if he still works here now, but the guy running the shop, bro. If I'm there every day with fifty cents, <laughs> tell me no, bro. <laughs> you can Slap see that. me growing, bro. <laughs> Cut me off, bro. <laughs> well, let's crack up. But something you talked about there was your mindset of um, competitiveness, and that's definitely one thing I think every player who's played with you would notice. Um, so when did you think that started? Do you think that was trained or were you born with that mindset? Um, I don't know if I was born with that mindset. I think I was in an environment a lot as a kid where competing was um, common. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember many childhood memories um, of things not being around competition. Yeah. And that's, um, I don't know, board games that got kicked out of our house at, young, <laughs> at a young age because it caused fights in our family. That's... Backyard cricket games, um, we started at like 9 o'clock in the morning at, at a, uh, Christmas, like we played a lot of backyard cricket Christmas over Christmas, yeah. and we started in the morning and we didn't finish until it was dark, like that <laughs> same game. So we played like test matches of backyard cricket, and that's all of my memories as a kid is yeah. um, us being as a family and competing. Yeah, mm. and another thing about your mindset, sort of your confidence, did you, did you have that at a young age? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was, I used to get, like, I was a sore loser. I still probably am a sore loser now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just deal with it a little bit differently now. Um, but I wasn't massively confident because I was out of shape too. So, like, often if I beat someone at something, their stab at me would be about my weight. Yeah. So, um, I didn't, I didn't feel confident within myself to be able to compete and to let people, or not always let people know, or but, or know myself that, yeah, I am the best here yeah um or i'm the best at what i'm doing and i earned that win so i would always like even if i won um i would be self-confident about myself because of my weight um and then that sort of changed when i started to um, train hard and be like man like i know the work that i'm putting in yeah um my mindset started to change on that thing that as well where 
like it didn't matter who I was playing against. I still thought I was better than them. Yeah, that's cool because there's there's something you said the other day that really connected to me around you. Every time you step on the field, you believe you're the best player playing on that field. Yeah, and that's just something that I, I myself could never really comprehend. I've, mm. I've never ever felt like that even. Yeah. If I was the best, but um, that confidence that you have in yourself mm. is just um, like to the next level. Mm. And I, like I know some people would disagree with it or call it arrogant or something, but I genuinely believe that each time I walk out on the field, and I played with some of the best players in the world. Yeah, exactly. like I played for the All Blacks when DC and Richie were around, yeah. and I still thought that going out onto the field, even if I was coming off the bench, yeah, I I still thought that, and I don't know if that's always helped me. Um, it sometimes might have worked against me, but it's like I just have this um, mindset that, bro, like I, I know the work that I put in, and I know how hard I work, and whoever I'm coming up against, I feel like whatever we're going to do, that I've got a really good shot of beating you at it. And that's it. like, I, yeah, again, people might see that as arrogant oh, or whatever, that's cool. but I it, love it. it helps, so yeah, it helps me regardless of what the situation is, um, regardless of what the game is. Like, I believe that game I'm playing club rugby or going down and playing basketball um, like with my cousins or whatever mm. or at a, at a pickup game I feel like I've done more work than you so yeah. I'm be- like I, I'm better than you if the situation comes up where my skill is put up against your skill I feel like I'm going to be better than you at it yeah. Yeah. do you find that with things you, you're not good at or um, or you're good at <laughs> you're good at <laughs> it's probably nah, nothing nah I don't I don't that, that's a, so things that I haven't put practice into I will f- like. I don't think I'm the best at it. Yeah. But I feel like I can find a way to beat someone at it. Like um, I don't know, gaming for example. Yeah. No, I'm not the best gamer, but I will try and watch someone and how they play. And if you're better than me at it, I'll be like, man, I know somewhere that you're not good at it. Yeah. So I'll just try and get good at that thing to try and beat you at that. So overall, as a player, I probably still know that you're better than me at it. Um, yeah. ping pong. We play a lot of ping pong. Yeah, um, yeah. at base at the moment. So I know like I'm not the best player there. Um. But I know people's weaknesses, so I just attack that, even if they're a better player than me, and just go hard on yeah, it. Where, yeah. So it's a different mindset than like footy, for example, yeah. where um, I feel like I'm better. That's cool. And did you feel like, did you always think like that, even going back to your like, Hurricanes debut? Because obviously you carved it up right from the get-go when you made that Hurricanes team. Did you always have that confidence? Because it looked like it. What did you score three tries on debut? That was the first start against first the start, yeah, yeah against the force. Um, yeah, I, I I did like I, I thought I never felt like I wasn't, um, or that yeah that I wasn't in the right place like in terms of footy. Like I felt like I was supposed to be there, and I felt like um, I was ready, and that I had done the work, and that whoever or whatever situation I was coming up against, like I could win that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's probably like when I say I feel like I'm the best. It's it's that wording is probably slightly off where I feel like any situation, regardless who I'm going to come up against yeah. in that game, I will beat them at it. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, like, for example, Nans is a better ball carrier than me. He's yeah. better ball carrier. It just, it just is what it is. Um, yeah. Reeks, for example, he's faster than me. He'll he'll be able to run around me. In, yeah. like, in, or in a race, he'll be able to beat me <laughs> in a race. It's just, it's just, yeah, it just yeah. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But in the game of rugby... I feel like I can eliminate those situations so that those things don't happen. You know, mm. that's cool. And any sort of um, highlights through your Hurricanes career? Uh, winning Super Rugby is a massive one. Um, 
yeah, there was a there was a special time, and um, like we worked so hard to to get there. Um, we lost the final the year before, then we come out and we lost two games on the trot. Yeah, and people sort of read us off. Um, so to win that, um, that was that was special. Yeah, that's cool. And your All Black career. Want to talk us through that from the start? How did it How did it all start? Um, yep, I, I got picked um, for rugby championship. I think it was two thousand twelve. That was the first time I got picked. Um, oh, not two thousand thirteen. Sorry, two thousand thirteen oh, yeah. was the first time. Um, and I didn't play that season, so I <coughs> spent the whole um, rugby championship um, just in and learning, watching. There was Tawera and um, Nagi with at the time. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, got a like a stress fracture on my broken ankle. I broke my ankle the year before, got a stress fracture, um, did a lot of rehab for that, and then I was supposed to come back for the test um, in Japan, and then I didn't pass the, um, I guess, the medical test to, oh, to yeah. come back and play that game. Yeah. So I didn't play that test in Japan. Then I got named on the bench in Ireland. Now, I didn't get on. <laughs> so you really had to wait yeah, for it. So my family flew to Japan, <laughs> didn't play, flew home. Flew to Ireland, oh, real. didn't play. Oh, and then I debuted the next year in the Steinlager series against um, against England, which was pretty cool. Malachi and I went on at the same time. Um, How many minutes time. did you get? I think it was like six or seven. Did six you score? Seven. Probably. <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't scored many test tries, yeah. um, to be honest. And all, like to be fair, your All Black career—you probably, if you summed up your All Black career, probably you would say that you haven't had as many starts or as many minutes as you deserve or could have had. Yeah, I I haven't in my in my opinion. Like um, I know the quality of nines that we do have in the country, um, and the decision is is up to other people, but. I, I don't feel like I've quite um, had the impact that I want to have on on Test rugby. Yeah. Um, I've been given really good opportunities at Super Rugby level, um, and I still feel like I've got a lot more to give at Super Rugby. Yeah. Um, which is something that I I, I want to continue to strive to do, um, but at Test level, I, I don't think I've really um, made the impact that I that I've wanted to make. Um, and it's still it's still a massive goal of mine is to uh, to get more minutes, to get more starts uh, in the All Black team. Yeah. And to have the impact that I, I genuinely believe that I can have on that team and, and on international rugby. And especially at the World Cup, it, I would say that you're probably the most underplayed player at the World Cup. Probably be fair to say you were, I don't know how many minutes you got, but you yeah. you were... I think I got, yeah, I think I got like 90 minutes total. 90. At the World Cup, yeah, yeah something so. like that. Um, which, which I was disappointed with. I know we had a game... Um, that didn't get played against Italy, um, which sort of factored into that. But going into that World Cup, <coughs> I wanted to um, have a really good impact on the team and on the environment to give ourselves an opportunity to win um, win the World Cup. And, and things didn't work out that way, um, the way that I uh, sort of wanted to. And again, it's like we've got um, we've got really good nines in the country. Like yeah. Nagi's a, a quality nine and he's been um, a really good nine for a really long time. Um, Brad Weber, really good nine as well. Triple T didn't make the team, really good yeah. nine. Um, Tawad Kubalo, probably underplay player um, as well. So it's um, like I get the competition side of it, but going into the World Cup, um, if you had told me I was going to get 90 minutes throughout the mm. the campaign, um, I wouldn't have believed that. So to, to not get um, as many minutes as I wanted was was disappointing. Um, but it, uh, if for me, it, I'm looking at it as that light that it's given me more hunger to want to continue to get 
um, those minutes that I want. And in that 90 minutes, you scored probably the greatest try of all time. It's always playing in your locker. Talk us through that try, or what were your, what were your thoughts about it? Um, yeah, I was at 10 at the time, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but it was, it was a good play. Like, we, we end up down um, the right end of the field. Webby breaks out um, and puts me away in the corner. I thought, if I didn't score it, I was probably going to get grief because it's a hooker that makes a <laughs> first play on me. Probably. Yeah, he came up to me as well after the game and he was like, bro, I thought I got you. <laughs> um, but no, it ends up being pretty cool. Like, uh, uh, I was probably most happy with the pass I threw to uh, George Bridge. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was that was cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it ends up being a pretty cool try. Um, but again, um, there's a, a lot of cool things that happen in that. Like, Webby's passes yeah. is pretty special in there too. And the World Cup itself, how was the experience over in Japan? Um, yeah, I, but I love Japan. Japan's a great place. It's um, some of the, the kindest people. The campaign itself obviously didn't end up the way we wanted it to. Um, got knocked out in the semi versus um, England. But we um, we did a lot of a lot of good things there as well. Like our off field stuff is probably the best it's been um, in the, in the last few years. Like oh, the, really? yep, the connection and the environment was was really really good. Um, and then we just didn't get it right against England. The week before, probably played one of our te- best tests in a, in a long time against mm-hmm. Ireland in the quarterfinal. Um, thought the boys were humming. Um, and then we probably lost the physical battle against England in that um, in that semi-final, which is something that um, in an all-black environment I haven't experienced too many times, losing, yeah. a, losing a physical battle. And I think we got a little bit shocked by that. So um, credit to them. They probably, yeah, they did shock us there. Um but if if I looked at the campaign as a whole, I'd say um, it'd be a common thought that we we failed our obje- we well we did fail our objective. Mm. We went there to win the World Cup and we didn't win the World Cup. So as much as yep the off field stuff was really cool and we got to really close together as a team, our goal we went for we didn't achieve. Yeah. Did you think after that semi final England were going to win it? Um. Yes, I did. Mm. I did. Um. I thought. They're a good team, um, and I thought if they played how they played against us um, and shut us down, well, like, they shut a lot of our threats down. We got threats, some pretty good threats in New Zealand rugby, mm-hmm. and they shut them down, um, and I thought if they could do that to the likes of, like, Cheslin and stuff like that and contain Fuff, um, that they would go a long way, uh, and those boys um, stepped up and played really well. Mm-hmm. That was cool to see, though, South Africa win it, was It was, yeah. Like, it is... A lot of, um, like, I played against a lot of different teams and often, um, like, the relationships you build with teams are different and with players are different. And a lot of time um, that I played in Africa or against South African Super Rugby teams, um, the common respect and the, um, I guess, the ability to go into different changing rooms and to share a beer and to, like, enjoy that time in that environment doesn't always happen um, around the world. But with South African teams, I think it's always it's always happened. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're leading the way like that, eh? Yeah. <coughs> and for you, off the field, you're sort of leading the way um, in terms of what you're doing off the field, in terms of your brand. You started up your business, pull-up cards. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about your, that for a bit? Um, yeah, pull-up cards is um, something that I sort of mentioned earlier. Byron and I started Yeah. Um, through lockdown, actually. we Well, right at the start of lockdown, um, Gary V and Ice, you know, Ice yeah. from YKTR, yeah. um, they were talking about cards a lot. And I remember collecting like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon cards as a kid, and now like I love basketball as well. Mm. So they were talking about um, the cards and the investment side of it and stuff. 
Um, but I just wanted to get cards because like, it was cool. Yeah. And um, so we started buying a lot of cards. And then we were buying into breaks and stuff, which are what we do as a business. Yeah. Um, and then like through lockdown, we're like, bro, why don't we just do this? Yeah. Like because we, we were buying into ones that are in Aussie and paying um, Aussie dollar, and we were seeing the markup from like um, retail stores, what they were selling it for, then what the markup on breaks were. Mm. And we're like, man, there's just such a big margin there. Yeah. Why don't we do it in New Zealand dollar and keep the margin low so that we can like give people this hobby that we that yeah, we yeah, enjoy yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and so we just did it. So how does a break work? So a break is, so in the NBA, there's 30 teams. So we sell 30 spots in the NBA yeah. uh, in, in a break. Yeah. Um, and some of these boxes are like a $1,000 box or $500 box. So for your or average, 30 cards. Yeah, well, no, no, or not for 30 cards. So um, a Noir box, for example, we yeah. would sell at a little over $2,000. There's wow. 10 cards in there. Wow. 10 cards, bro. Like it, it, it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, but... So your average person can't just go out and buy that. Like, it, it's quite expensive. But what we do is we put three or four boxes together and we sell it over 30 different spots. Oh, yeah. And so those 30 spots uh, might sell for $80 a spot, for example. And then um, what you do is you randomise those names, those 30 people, against the 30 NBA teams, and then you might end up with the Celtics. And then every Celtics card we open, we send out to you. Oh, so, sure. So it's a way to get, like, really good cards but not have to pay $2,000 a box or $1,500 a box, you know? Yeah. Mm. And I reckon it's going to get big. Yeah. Like, it's kind of big at the moment, um, but not heaps of people have an understanding of it um, quite yet. But when NBA starts back up, uh, when cards become more accessible in New Zealand, um, I think it becomes really big. How are they going to become more accessible? The demand for them. Like, at the moment, yeah. Panini have one um, licensed person in New Zealand um, because the demand's never like over the last few years hasn't been very high, but now like EB Games, for example, they dropped cello packs last week, I think, which sold out all pre-sales sold out. Oh, so yeah. with pre-sales selling out, the um, brick and mortar stores in New Zealand can now prove like we need more of this product here, and Panini can be like, well, they're turning it over better, so we will give them more product. So the more like we turn over here, the more. Panini's like, oh, yeah, sweet, we'll open that up to you guys a little bit more because we know we're going to get our money back there too. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, that's where I see it, Grant. And how do people <laughs> how do people jump on your breaks? Do they? Um, just on our Facebook page. So we I promote it a little bit on our um, on my Instagram page. Um, yeah. But breaks are just through our, our Facebook page, just pull up card breaks. And then on if you want to buy your own boxes and stuff like that, um, we do that just on um, our website, pullupcards.com. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. And time-consuming? Does that take up much time or is it not too bad? For us. For you personally. Um, it's probably at the moment. So we're running three days a week, two breaks a night. Um, the break itself is probably three hour, between two or three hours. And then packaging is two or three hours as well oh, yeah. for three days a week. So it's about 12 hours of work, which like it doesn't sound like heaps, but after a training day yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, it, the breaks are fun because yeah. I'm just out there opening cards and it's, it's cool interacting with people. But going home and packaging is sneaky, <laughs> bro. Sneaky. Need an employee. Yeah, hard. We, we're considering it, bro. Strongly considering it. And other exciting news for you is Greer's pregnant. Your lovely wife, Greer's pregnant. Yeah, bro. Yeah. About to be a father. Yep. When she due? Five weeks. Five weeks. Yep. So, yeah, that's real exciting. How are you feeling about that? Bro, I'm, I'm super excited today. Um, got a little girl on the way. Um, yep. The nursery's pretty much all done now. Um, We've, we've been wanting to be parents for a little while now. Yeah. Um, so for us, um, getting five weeks out from having our little girls uh, 
it's it's pretty cool, bro. It's um it's a different feeling, like like prepping for a game or whatever. You get to a point, it's like yo. I'm ready. I'm, re- I'm ready to play this game, you know. But I'm, I'm st- like, we've done so much prep for baby, yeah. And I still don't quite feel ready for like the love I'm going to have for her, or like what it's going to be like to be a dad. I've still got all these questions and stuff, yeah. Um, but what like people keep telling me is like, bro, as long as baby's healthy and happy, like it's sweet. Like you'll learn. There'll be stuff that you don't know that'll happen, and it's sweet though. Yeah. But no. I'm looking forward to it, man. Oh, it's going to be awesome. How's Greer been? Has she enjoyed being pregnant? Or? No, she's hated it. <laughs> she's hated it. Like, it was hard for her at the start. She got a lot of um, sickness. Didn't eat much, bro. Oh, really? Like, lost a lot of weight at the start. Yeah. Um, and then, like, now just her body's, like, quite sore on that as well. So she's she's ready for baby to come to. Already? Oh, yeah. sure, five weeks early. Yeah, she's ready. Um, what My, like, um, my respect for her and for women... Um, has gone through the roof on what their bodies sort of go through, eh? Like mm. you so wait till <laughs> you wait till after birth. <laughs> yeah, I bet, bro. Holy. I bet. But even like for my own mum, like to be like, man, you did all this for me. Yeah. Like, like I haven't quite been able to build up the courage to take mum out and to like thank her for it. But yeah. I, t- I remember talking to DC after we played the Blues the first time, and he had a similar vibe with it. Like seeing my wife go through like sickness and having to carry our little girl and her body changing and her pains that she's having. Mm. It's like, man, my mum did that for me for yeah. nine months. Yeah. And I've never, like, thanked her for it, you know. Yeah. So it's given me that appreciation for mum as well. That's cool. Good way to think about it. Mm. And so you've got a academy. Is that still running? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the bros run um, run Impact Academy uh, in Porirua. But, like, with COVID and stuff like that, it took a bit of a hit yeah. um, when we were really getting into it. Um, but hopefully um, getting that back up once, once things sort of um, get back to normal. So what's the idea behind the academy? Um, so the big idea is to it's to teach life skills to kids through sport, through the vehicle sport. Yeah. Um, which is is something I am like massively about and what and wanting to support. So some of these um, kids are getting up at what six or well, five thirty six in the morning, coming in um, and teaching. Like the way I see footy and training and stuff, you can teach a lot of life disciplines um, through the act of of training. Um, so bringing them in. Um, teaching them diet and stuff so we yeah. we provide the food and the right foods that we think um, will help them throughout their day um, the discipline of actually getting up early and coming um, to training to do something that you want to do later on in life like that discipline of sacrificing sleep I think is a big one like a lot of people say that they want to be successful and want to do something yeah but won't get up an hour early to go and practice Discipline, that thing yeah, that helps yeah. it you know yeah. um so teaching them that that discipline as well um i love the fact that there's both boys and girls in the environment too so teaching them the ability to work really hard um with people from the opposite sex mm. um through sport is is something that i think is massive a lot of the time because um, a lot of it's about around rugby but a lot of the time when i was at school if there was something with rugby the girls wouldn't do much of it and the yeah. boys would take over it and then if there was something with netball the girls would take over most of it and only the real competitive boys would jump in and do it. But yeah. the boys would be like, yeah, I was in this centre, bro. <laughs> but the boys would step back because it was like, oh, that's too girly, you know. Where, yeah, yeah. like, changing that mindset that we can do all of this stuff together, I think, helps with life skills. And it might not just be in sport, but it's like, man, like, we're in this situation here. And I don't care who's with us. We're like, we want to work together to, to um, achieve a common goal. Um, but then in, on uh, another note, it's trying to keep that talent in Porirua. Like, a lot of the time... Um, these young kids who are really talented in sport are coming to town because academies are in town. Um, colleges have really good setups in in town or in the hut um, to 
to nurture that that talent and like take it through the next level. Um, so for us, we want to create that talent within Porirua so that kids don't feel the need to have to go to these other schools um, to, I don't, know, I don't know, enhance their game or to take their, to their game to the next level. We want to create that avenue in Porirua um, to keep our local talent local. What age, are, what age are the kids? At the moment, these kids, are, they vary between sort of 9 and 13. So just, or maybe, yeah, just late um, primary school to early or to late intermediate, so not quite at college yet. Um, and if we, our, I, I guess the idea of it is to get that model really, really strong um, and then hopefully take a similar model to that college stage because we don't want to um, take it to that college level yet and then underprovide um, to these kids who are at like pretty important times of their, their yeah. careers. Yeah. Uh, well, not their careers, but like their growth. So yeah. if we underprovide there, we'd feel like we would be selling them short. Um, but if we just overprovide in this um, niche that we're in now, that helps us in the next few years. And do you just how do people get involved in that? Do they do you just choose people? Or? Yeah, currently, so kids, um, John and Serge, uh, they like selected these kids themselves. Yeah. Um, so the the more we grow it, I guess there'll be more of a, a way that kids will to will get into it. And what we want to do because not all kids will be ready for um, the professional sports side of it, or like trying to become professional sportsmen. Mm-hmm. Or women, sportsmen and women. But there were, like we said at the start, we want to teach life skills too. So we want to do like bits at the start where it's open to a lot of different people yeah. who just want to come in and work hard at something. They want yeah, something yeah, to yeah. work hard at. So we do that first, and then we do that academy side of it after it, you know? So cool, killing, killing it, eh? Um, enjoying it. I am enjoying it, bro. Like, it's it's fun. The, the card stuff sort of happened just through COVID, something to do, um, and we really like it, which is sort of why it's kicked on. Um, the ability to help kids and help the future is something that I've um, grown to, to love too. Mm. And vegan athlete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're one of the, f- probably one of the few, I don't know too many others in New Zealand. Um, but, um, how have you found that journey? Yeah, it's, it's been fine. Like I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, Again, I like the discipline side of it as well. Like yeah. a lot of people have tried to change diets and stuff. And I've changed my diet a lot of times. Um, and the big part that I like about change of diet is the, the discipline side of it. Like I know it's it's only what I eat. So people might listen to that and be like, man, like how is that teaching you discipline in life? But mm. I feel like if you're disciplined in anything, like it helps you be disciplined in all parts of life. And people give up on diets um, pretty quickly through lack of discipline or lack of preparation. And if that's something that you give up on really quickly because it's easy to give up on, I feel like that's a trend that you can use in other parts of your life. So like for discipline, I I think it's really helped me and I feel, I feel better for it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you started as a vegetarian. What was that? Maybe how many years ago was that? Um, Back end of 2017, I think it was an India tour. I remember we were at the Novotel in Auckland. Um, and I watched, uh, I can't remember what I watched. Cowspiracy? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> watch that. That'll get you. Yeah, well, it got me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And yeah. so I did it. And my um, sister-in-law at the time was already vegetarian, so I like, messaged her and I was like, yo, I'll do this journey with you. She'd yeah. already been vegetarian for like six months or something. Yeah. And then I remember we got to England, um, and we were on the bus, and I, th- I think it was Luke Romano or someone. Mm. I was like, I was talking to, um, I can't remember who, but being like, bro, I'm going to be vegetarian, I'm going to do it for this, um, for the India tour. Because it's, it's a lot easier in camp, I think, because I just go to um, Cat, our nutritionist, and I'm like, I'm going to eat this way. 
And she's like, yo, sweet, I'll sort out your meals and that for you. Yeah. And then they were like, bro, you're not going to do that. <laughs> so I'm definitely doing it. And then so, like, Just so competed. Then, yeah, so the fact that I wanted to be disciplined, like I uh, wanted to, um, I watched that um, Cowspiracy and I was big on like um, pollution and stuff. So I was like, man, like I want to really have an effect on this. Um, and um, play my part in it, and then that was like the the tipping point. Like they were saying, you can't do that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and so since then, <laughs> haven't eaten. <laughs> and then when did you go to vegan, and what was the thought process behind that? Um, it was post World Cup. Um, I went to vegan. Um, I just kept having conversations with people about being a vegetarian, and people like kept undermining it. Being like, well, you still eat milk, or you still drink yeah, milk, yeah, you still yeah. eat cheese, yeah, yeah. and like trying to, instead yeah, of saying, oh, bro, that's like a good thing, <laughs> like good on you, they're like, well, you can't really care if you still do this. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, man, I'm sick of hearing that, <laughs> and, bro. Um, so I just did it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was an all. That's the big reason why I did that. Yeah. Opinions. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you vegetarian? Yeah, bro, I am. But do you drink milk? Yeah, well, why? Why didn't you just eat meat then? It's done with it, bro. That sounds like Geordie. Was that Geordie? Uh, might have been Geordie. Geordie might have said it once or twice. <laughs> oh, crack up. So um, the hard thing to comprehend is that you're only 28. Yeah. So you've got heaps of years left. What What are your plans? I know you probably can't say too much, but have you got much of a plan laid out or you sort of take it year by year? or? Um. I don't have a massive plan laid out. Um, I I would love to to play more games for for the Hurricanes and like we spoke about a little bit earlier. Yeah. I'd like to have more of an impact on on international rugby. Um, so if I continue to, um, I guess play play well and give myself those opportunities, I'd love to say that I'll be in New Zealand for the next um, few years and hopefully get through to an, a World Cup and bring one home um, for the country. That that'd be that'd be ideal. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how the next few years are gonna uh, gonna map out. Um, I I love Japan, like I, I talked about. I'd love to spend some time there. I don't. I thought about um, wanting a, an experience in Europe at some point, but I don't know um, if that's still the same now that we're having a baby. Like taking yeah. our baby um, that far away from family, and like I said, I grew up in Porirua, and being around my family was awesome, and I want that same experience for. For our little girl, um, being that far away would be would be hard to experience yeah, that. Yeah. Would you consider a 1.5 million three month <laughs> stint in Suntory like your ex teammate? <laughs> Bro, I would take that. <laughs> I would take that. That's a not a bad deal, bro. Uh, I, I would definitely consider a stint like that, bro. Uh, but then even that um, American League, bro. Like, I, th- I don't know. I don't want to get the name wrong, but I think it's kind of law. Um, have just started a team in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so being a part of a an environment um, like that, I think would be be cool to give back to a, um, I guess the Pacific Island community. Yeah. I know it's uh, Pacific Island owned, and the values of the club are going to be, um, I guess, ingrained with um, Pacific Island um, values. I think an experience there would be cool at some point as well. I don't know if it's that'll be playing or or coaching at some point, but just yeah. being in that environment, I think, would be cool at some point. Um, but yeah, I would. Like playing for the Canes is um, has always been my dream, and I love I love doing that. So to leave the Canes would be would be hard for me. Yeah. So. How many years do you think you've got? Because your body's still in pretty good nick. You've played millions of games <laughs> <laughs> from a young age, about fifteen. Um, 
But I, I don't like. I feel good, man. Yeah. Like I, I don't feel. Um, no meat. That's <laughs> yeah. hey? what it is. No. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't know, bro. Like I, I thought I would get when I was younger. I thought, man, like twenty eight, I'll be gone. Hundred like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. percent, I'm yeah. gone. And now, like at twenty eight, I feel. I, I still feel good. Like I, I still love going to training. I still love going out and getting on the field. I. I still enjoy the process from like being really sore after a game to recovery to prep to playing again. Like I, I enjoy that whole process, mm. um, and I, I, I still don't feel like I've won enough, and especially at the Hurricanes. Yeah, um, I feel like we're a title too short of me being. Yeah. Um, yeah, like where I wanted to be when I first started. And you just love competing so much, eh? Yeah. Like in the gym, you're. You're, spr- you're doing those sprints for about 45 minutes trying yeah. to get the best time if you haven't got it already. You're yeah. the same with the jumps and all <laughs> that stuff. So um, what, are your thought, what are your plans after rugby? I'm, I'm guessing that part of rugby you're going to miss, that competing, constantly competing. I will miss that. Um, I enjoy, like in the gym, for example, I know that I don't have the best five-metre time or the best jump um, on the power but finding ways to beat those people who do have that best time. <laughs> like Billy, for example, who's he's a freak, bro. I think he's he's an underrated player, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but Bill, <laughs> like I put him under the pump because I feel like even though I know the scores are better, at the moment I feel like I can beat him in a competitive environment. Yeah. You know, like regardless. Yeah. Um, but he's been proving me wrong lately. He's been, <laughs> he's been getting real good. And even your jump, hey, you said your jump was so crap at the start, but yeah. now it's like... Well, I was like 46 or something. Yeah, I'm in the conversation now. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'm, I've am i gotten heaps more powerful on it. Yeah. I feel like I've worked out how that jump thing works. <laughs> straight, <laughs> straight up. Just I'm, beating the system. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Like Geordie with the five metre time. Getting his knee up helps, yeah. bro. Two strides <laughs> yeah. and his massive knee. <laughs> if that, I think you might have said it. If yeah. that light is a little bit further probably be the slowest with that technique he's not the slowest he's still very fast but with that current technique wouldn't help yeah oh let's crack up so as always i put a few i put it out to the pod uh the instagram um to ask some questions usually i get about two or three questions back this time obviously the star factor of tj peronata he got they're still coming in there's over a hundred so we don't have much time left but i'll pick a couple one of the questions was who would be your starting five for a basketball team from super rugby players in new zealand do they have to currently be playing in new zealand yes oh um starting five i would have sass would be power forward um for me i would I'd have Nans at shooting guard, um, even though he's strong. Like he, he's not the tallest dude, but he's good, bro. He's yeah. good. Um, oh, actually, I'd have um, Sass at centre, but a ball playing centre. I'd yeah. have X at power forward. All Hurricanes. Well, I haven't played heaps of basketball <laughs> with the other boys. I haven't played heaps. Fair enough. Um, Are you in the mix? Yeah, point guard, <laughs> captain. Point guard, captain. Yeah. Um, and who would be small forward for me? Um, bro, yeah, I, I haven't played heaps with, um, like, current people. Who's who's someone I know? 
Um, no, nah, bro, I wouldn't know. But if it was not players currently here, yeah. like I would definitely have set um, Sops in there. Sops would be my starting point guard. Tim would be um, my shooting guard. I'd have Sass at centre still. Yeah. X probably at power forward. And then I would bring um, Buss in as my Ooh, small forward. That's like a nice That's team. a good team, bro. Yeah. That's a good team. Would you go right in the NBL comp in New Zealand? <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> okay, another question. Uh, do you miss Bowden playing for the Canes? And how was that when he left? Um, bro, I, I was gutted when he left. Like, um, having a player of that quality leave um, leave our club is, is always going to hurt. Um, and that, But that's as a, as a player. But as a, as a person and as, as his mate, um, I wanted him to be happy, bro. I wanted, and we we had a lot of conversation about it, and I know it was a really hard decision for him. Um, and ultimately, like I want him as a person to be happy first. And his wife's family's up there; they're having a baby, so for her to be around her family, and uh, like now being about to have a kid, mm-hmm. the importance of my wife's family for her is massive. So I, I get that. Um, like I don't, I don't know the exact financial situation, but getting a really good deal was that as well, bro. Like a lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot. Um, like I'm happy for him as as his mate because I want him to be successful in life. I want him to be happy in life. Yeah. And yes, that happiness um, hurts our club that I love. So that in turn hurts me. I want him happy more than that. You know, I yeah. would rather take that pain of being gutted for my club hurting. Yeah. And my mate be happy. Such a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, sp- sort of on that answer, like people, a lot of questions are: Would you get into politics? Would you consider running for mayor of Porirua? No, I'd, I, I wouldn't. Um, well, definitely not at this stage. I, um, I bounce a lot of ideas off my wife and my sister and my family, um, and get to um, certain answers um, on things that I guess people agree or disagree with on it. On it, but. Um, I, I just, yeah, I don't know if I have the capacity for it. Like it seems, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it seems tough, bro. But <laughs> you can't win, eh? But you just can't. Like, you do the right thing. Yeah. And you just get hammered for it. By yeah. it, even if it's an, if it's not the wrong thing to do. Like, I don't know. Like, COVID, for example. For me, the people are the most important thing. Yeah. So saving lives are the most important thing. And, yeah. like, if you do that, you get hammered in the economy, and yeah, I get that. Yeah. So people who are just on the other side, to me, will just hammer that point yeah, and be yeah. like, "Man, the economy's man. Yeah. Like, and that, that must be so hard because yeah. if you're worried about the economy, people, people who are on the other side of you are just going to be like, "Man, you just don't care about the people." So there's yeah. always just this opposing yeah. opinion to it. Like it's, and, it and you, you're quite well known for speaking out about yeah. topics that you're passionate about. Yeah. And you've have you come under much criticism through doing that? Yeah, heaps, bro, heaps. Like, and again, from people just from the other side of that that argument, you yeah. know, it's um, and the the stuff I choose to speak about, like I, like I said, I talk to my sister and my wife and my um my family about it, um, and I'm okay with that other side, like, and I know that other side is going to come out and say what they're going to say, yeah, um, and I feel like the message that I want to send is more important, um, to be heard from, especially from the group of people that I'm trying to speak to or. F- not for, I, I won't say for, speak to or give the platform for them now to speak on um, is more important to me than taking that criticism. You know, like mm. I, ca- I can deal with it, especially like the um, the one on the the Falau tweet, that yeah, one. Yeah. Like for me, 
giving that platform to um, the LGBTI community was more important and saying how I felt about it and speaking how I felt was more important than knowing like, I'm going to cop some stuff from people who don't agree with what I say. Like, yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more. And uh, last question, we're running out of time, but um, a lot of the questions are like, who's the hardest halfback you've marked? Um, what do you think of Aaron Smith? What's your favourite halfback matchup? We've got so so many questions about that. So um, who was your favourite matchup? Um, at the moment, it's probably Nug. Uh, we've probably grown closer over the last few years um, as well, which has been cool. So having that battle out there is um, it's really cool. I like playing against Triple T. Yeah. Um, got really close with T um, when he was at the Canes and still very close with him now. Um, so playing against T is cool. Um, probably the hardest nine that I've played against is probably Augustine Pulu. Oh, yeah. Straight up, yeah. like just solid. Ass. Just yeah, just hard. <laughs> runs hard. Runs like a center, bro. Hits That's like hard. a Lucy, bro. Um, Got all the skills. Um, and again, like he's a, he's an underrated player too, bro. Um, so he'd be the hardest nine I've probably played against for those other reasons. Like probably not. Um, th- definitely not the same player like as Nuggets, like in terms of characteristics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I appreciate all of those characteristics that he yeah. does, like seeing he's him similar hit, to you. So yeah, I like yeah, it, bro. Yeah, so yeah. like seeing him do that uh, and playing against a man, it's yeah, he's he'd definitely be the best. What about internationally? Um, best best international halfback I played, <sighs> Gregan, bro. Gre- no, you? I mean Guinea. Guinea. <laughs> I apologise. <laughs> Gregan was my favourite halfback. Sorry. So that's. Well, what I, I know thinking. you started yeah. young, but. Gee, gee. Sorry, Gregan was my favourite halfback ever. Yeah. Oh ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, the hardest one I've played against is Guinea. Is Guinea but you didn't play against Gregan. I didn't. <laughs> didn't. <laughs> when did he retire? It must have been quite close. It was just <laughs> when you were starting. I <laughs> 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 Oh, how good. Uh, yeah, we may as well wrap that up there. I'm sorry I didn't get to ask everyone's questions, but uh, just so many came in. <laughs> oh, such a such a big dog here. Um, but thanks heaps for coming on, Tej. Um, really appreciate you giving up your time. Um, I know you're a busy man and you've got an exciting few weeks coming up with the baby and Super Rugby Aotearoa. Cheers, Hopefully bro. win a championship and... The birth all goes well and pull up cards, go hissing. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Thanks for having me here, bro. It's, uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks when we um, planned it, so to be able to get in and have you on has been cool, bro. Appreciate it. Cheers, bro. Thanks, bro.